Hey, everybody. How are you tonight? Good. My name is Mark. I have the honor of standing before you this evening and hopefully encouraging you in something. To start, I would like to thank pastors Dan and Kim and DJ and Cami for creating the kind of church setting that has been created here. It is, it is a very fun, unique style of church governance and the way we do things. Uh, they trust people like me to stand up here and bring the word to you all. And I just, I just want to say thank you to you guys. Thank you for your steadfast, faithful work in our town. And uh, it's an awesome, awesome thing to be members of, of the body that you're, you're leading. So we thank you for that. Hey, you guys remember uh, way back, I don't know, a few years on social media where this was this, there was this whole gold dress, blue dress thing? Do you guys, do you guys remember that? And once you saw like a color, you could never see another color again. Do you remember that? Well, I'm going to throw another one of those at you all tonight. So there is a, uh, a little fun like nativity set thing where you have just a little shack and you have a silhouette of Mary and Joseph there and a kind of a little manger with, with Jesus in it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? No? Well, um, I, I want you to, uh, I want you to maybe just open your mind just a little bit and think for a second that maybe that is not Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. But instead, it's a couple of T-Rex dinosaurs working in a wood shop. Throw that picture up here, please. Do you see the T-Rex dinosaurs? No? So, so this is, they both have their mouths open, right? And you see their ears kind of off to the side? And they're kind of going, ah, kind of like that. Do you see, you see it? Huh? Do you see it now? And um, that's a table saw in the middle. They're really some excited T-Rex dinosaurs working in a wood shop. Really, that's what this is a picture of. Does anybody not? Does it, it's okay. You don't see it? I wish I had something to point with. I don't know, Adam's guitar? I could point with Adam's guitar. So this is a T-Rex, and this is a T-Rex. So this is a mouth and some teeth. A mouth and some teeth. And this is an ear and an ear. And they're like, they're, they're, they're like, ah. Did you see it? Everyone sees it now? Okay, I promise you, from now on, whenever you see that little thing, you're never going to see Mary Joseph and a baby Jesus. From now on, you're going to see T-Rexes excited about being in a wood shop. All right, you see that? Awesome, amazing. Very, very good. That has nothing to do with my sermon. I just thought I'd throw that out just to mess with you all a little bit tonight. So uh, is it okay on January 20th to say Happy New Year? Yeah. Is that, so Happy New Year, everybody. It's so good to be in a new year and to do some new things and uh, make some, maybe change some things in our lives. It's always a good time to, to decide, hey, I'm, I'm going to do some, do some things different. You know, throughout the decades, we start a new year and we do some different things to kind of jumpstart our life. There's, there's ideas about fitness and food and money and all those kinds of things where we say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try something new or, or I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to resolve to live my life differently to hopefully do it better. Uh, there's an idea that says that the first thing that you do tells about how important that thing is to you. In other words, what is the very first thing you do when you get up in the morning? It set, that tells what is maybe most important to you, do, to you about your day. What is the very first thing you do when you get paid? Some people, they choose to give a portion of that back to the Lord right away because they trust in him and believe that what they receive is from him. So the very first thing that you do is an important signifier about 
what you think about in your life. Does that make sense to everybody? So when you start the year, the kinds of things that you do can help create what kind of life you want to lead. Now, I know what I'm about to say may sound a little bit prideful, but in all humility, sometimes pastors, leaders, teachers have to share with a crowd, a church body, some things that they are doing to show that these are some things that you can do in life to help you be a good Christ follower. It has nothing to do with how great I am, but it has to do with leading and shepherding and guiding. So some of the things that I have done to start years is I've, I've fasted. Other years, we, we did this crazy thing called B90X, where we would read the entire Bible in 90 days. It took about an hour a day, and it's really not that hard, but you have to stay faithful in order to get it done in those 90 days. There are other kinds of things that people do, pray differently, Again, choose maybe a new idea that you want to maybe start practicing a new spiritual discipline in your life. There's something that I, in all the times that I've been standing up here, have not shared with all of you. For 11 years, I was a lead pastor of a church. We met down on the end of Perry Street. You know where Perry Street is? You know where Safeway is down down that way, and I had the privilege and the honor of being the lead pastor of that church, and uh, when I was asked to come and visit for the first time, friends, um, there were 16 people in the entire church setting. That's like, that's like this right here, okay? That was the seven or so people on stage, the two people in the sound booth, the two little old ladies that sat right here, and my late wife and I. And that was it. For whatever reason, the Lord encouraged us to be the pastors of that church. And, and, my, and my poor wife, uh, during, during the, the worship time, she would, she, would sit, she would cry. And not because the spirit of the Lord was moving her, but because it was really so awful. It really was bad. In fact, we had this 16-year-old young man who played guitar, left-handed, so he was left-handed, in his Jimi Hendrix shirt, so if you know anything about, there, he, he was left-handed, right? And he was always stoned. I'm, I mean, always, all the time. He, 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 just, he just loved to worship Jesus. I mean, and he was terrible. He was absolutely terrible. And so, um, so we, would, we cried. We, we cried because we thought, what in the world have, have we done? And uh, it, was, it was rather uh, dreadful. And so, so what happened was, um, so we began praying, okay, you know, why, why are we doing this? What, why? Why? Why are, we, why are we making this happen? And um, so you guys all know who Adam Pacheco is, right? The man who stood up here and led, and led worship. And do you all know his wonderful bride, Arissa? Do you guys all know who she is? Okay, so that's Adam and Arissa Pacheco. So um, about five months into this prison sentence that we, we had, uh, I, wondered, I wondered how I was really going to be sane and survive all of this. And they showed up at church one day, just happened to show up. And, and then I found out that Adam uh, was a worship leader. And so we went to coffee and we had coffee and we talked about, about what it would be like to, to fire the eight people that were on stage. And I, I'm telling this is no lie. We had this bongo player. Okay, this was our form of percussion. And he would just kind of stand up there. And this was about how loud he would play. Can anybody hear me? <laughs> Seriously, this, is, this, is, this was it. And every once in a while, you know, he'd get excited. And maybe, maybe, you know, may, maybe you could hear it. I mean, it was, it was really, really bad. 
So anyway, Adam and Arissa Pacheco showed up at the church and, and just, and just it, was, it was like so exciting. So uh, they were a young married couple. I don't know, you, had you even been married two years at that point? Maybe, so they had just done this fun stint in Florida and they moved to Colorado and they just wanted to do something. And, you know, Adam is an amazing worship leader. Wouldn't you all agree to that? And so, so he and I uh, ended up in, in tandem and with others really brainstorming and, and leading the church and it was amazing. And Arissa did everything else. I mean, she worked in the nursery. She was. She did ladies' Bible studies. She she did. Uh, she was in charge of Christmas decorating. Sometimes she she brought all the kids to church because Adam was there leading worship. And and if you pastors' wives have a hard time because they kind of feel like they're alone. You know, getting all the kids ready for for church and fighting with them and wrestling with them and then pretending like everything is great when they walk in the doors. And so she did she did practically everything. And I want to show you all a picture of Arissa Pacheco. Okay, this is her right here. Okay. So this was so it says seven years ago, but really this I think this was really more like nine years ago that this that that she did this. Okay. OSHA, OSHA would fine us for this, this uh, action right here, right? Um, you know, you're supposed to stand on a ladder with both legs and maybe up that high you should have a harness on or something to, to protect yourself. And, and why is this woman holding the wrong ladder? I have never, I've never understood that. Why doesn't she hold the, the ladder where Arissa is? Yeah, so anyway. Um, so, uh, do you see what, what she's hanging up there? Mele Kalikimaka, you remember? Is the thing to say on a warm Hawaiian Christmas day. Anyway, so, so that's, so Arissa did all that. Anyway, um, I am truly indebted to absolutely everything uh, about what happened at that little church because of, of those two. And uh, there, are see, there have been some really cool, like, magical seasons of my life, and, and they were a part of, of, of making that happen, and, and I'm really so grateful. Uh, their son, Nehemiah, he's, he's probably over, over here. Um, Nehemiah was the very first baby that we dedicated at the church, January 10th, 2010. So 14 years ago, just a few days ago, we... we we dedicated that little guy. And I have all the names of all the little kids that we dedicated in here on uh, Psalm 127. And I have 57 names in here of all the little kids that we dedicated. And all four Pachecos are, are listed in here forever, for, for history, forever to be here. So uh, together with them, though, we, we purposed to really help and shape and challenge a group of Christ followers to, to be hungry for the Lord and to really pursue and to chase and to, and to do some things like read through the Bible in 90 days at the beginning of a year and, and fast at the beginning of the year for 21 days and, and, and just do a bunch of wild ideas to help supercharge our lives in such a way as to as to really show the Lord that, you know, we are interested in who you are and, and how to do life. And along with, uh, you know, a lot of other pastors on this planet, we leaned on, on Ephesians chapter 4, uh, way down, further down, um, 12 and 13. But let me read verse 1 to you, 4.1. 4.1 says, as a prisoner... For the Lord then, and you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff right there. Paul is in prison right now. Um, I urge you, and every you in the book of Ephesians is a plural you. It's never singular. He's always talking to a group of people. So he's, so, so guess what? You are that group of people. By, by generations and by the way the book was written, you are part of the you. You 
Let's see, wait, let me start. As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live. Who remembers the sermon a while back on Parapateo? Anybody remember the walking, walking around? That's this word right here. To walk around, to live a life, to live, to, to do life worthy of the calling you have received. So we are, at, by analogy, by by the way that Paul writes, compared to a human body. We are a body of believers. We are a human body. We have different parts. All of us have different gifts and different purposes and different reasons why we help make the world a better place. Not everybody can be a pastor. Not everybody has the wonderful gift of working with little children week in and week out. Uh, a gal came in tonight, and she, she said, uh, we were like, oh, uh, where's the rest of your family? She's like, I get to be with the kids tonight. And I know that if Jesus came to church, he would not want to sit in those chairs. He'd want to be with the little kids. So that's where I'm going to be, where Jesus would be. And I thought, wow, that's cool. That is really, really cool. So what Paul does here, and later on, a little, little bit later on, um, is he uses this idea of a body to help us understand how we are supposed to work together and live our life. So in verses 12 and 13 of the same chapter, uh, it lists some of the kinds of people that are in the body and it, for this reason, verse 12, to prepare God's people, elbow your neighbor and say, that's you. Come on, elbow your neighbor, say, that's you. <laughs> okay. To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Everyone say, become mature. mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of of Christ. So through the years with Adam and Arissa, we would try and figure out how in the world can we prepare God's people for works of service? Because what we figured out was people who chase Jesus, people who are more interested in the faith walk than only so showing up on a Sunday morning or Saturday night, those kinds of people tend to just be more excited about the kingdom of God and the kinds of things that they could do to be a participant in it. Now, can you grow by coming to church once a week and sitting in a chair and then doing nothing else? Well, it's a start. That's right. You can. But... What we discovered was when you challenge people to do a little bit more, when you challenge people to practice faith-type things outside of the walls of the church, that those people, they just tended to do better yeah. with kids, with their marriage, with their just different kinds of things. And so we, we had a, a, an amazing group of people that we got to do life with, and, and it, was, it was very, very very cool. Growth in Jesus doesn't happen accidentally. It doesn't just, you can't just sit and be like, you know, I don't know, whatever kind of pose you want to be in, whatever ohm pose you want to be in, and just wait for something magical to, like pixie dust to fall on you, and all of a sudden you're going to grow and change. It doesn't happen. God, yes, does his part, but we have to do our part. Yeah. It does not happen accidentally. We have to do our thing in order to, to become the kinds of men and women the Lord wants us to be. And scripture is pretty consistent in teaching us that to be a good Christ follower, that we have to grow, we need to mature, and we need to do things in our lives in order to fulfill exactly what I read 
in the scripture. Now, I want you, I'm going to look at, I'm going to read this again, and I want you to notice all of the forward-thinking words. that the, Paul doesn't just say things once. He will say it over and over and over again in order to make a point. To prepare, prepare. <laughs> that's something, right? Preparing, that's not just sitting around waiting. There's, an a, there's action in preparation. To prepare God's people for works. Work is something. Service is something. So, so to have works of service is even more. True? So that the body of Christ may be built. Built is a built is a action word, right? Built up until we all reach, reach. <laughs> that's not that's not waiting for it to happen, but we're reaching for it to happen. Unity in the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature. To become mature, you have to have been somewhere before right? To become mature, attaining, <laughs> ah, attaining to something, attaining to the whole, whole, big, it's not just a piece, I don't want a piece, I want the whole, the whole measure of the fullness. Gosh, you guys see how many big words there are in just this one state sentence? The fullness of Christ, becoming mature, being who we need to be, all right, now, look past this to verse 15. Verse 15 says, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things, what's the word right there? Grow. Grow, Grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body, again, the body metaphor, joined and held together by every supporting ligament. What's the next word? grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You are a part. You all have a part. You have a part to play. If you're a foot, be a good foot, okay? Uh, be a good arm. Be a good hand. Nehemiah Pacheco has his arm right now in a sling, right? He's, he's kind of worthless right now, isn't he? Just because his one little arm isn't, is, is like... His, Because his little arm's not working right, the rest of his body just doesn't, doesn't make up for it, right? It's, there's problems. It's just, it's just, just, not, it's just not working. Uh, okay, here's a bunch of other scriptures for you. 2 Corinthians 10, 15b and 16a. Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our area of activity among you will, be gr- will greatly expand so that we can preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. Colossians 1.10. And we pray this, in order that you may live a life, parapeteo, right there, parapetatos. Remember, remember the way to remember the word? Parapeteo means to walk around. That's translated live, live, in, in a lot of the New Testament. Okay, So uh, I like to read it as like walking around. Where is it? I lost it. Uh, Colossians 1. And we pray this in order that you may walk around in life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. And man, after that, it is so cool. Some of the stuff after verse 10. Second thoughts, 1.3. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers, and rightly so, and sisters, just ladies, just because it doesn't say you there, doesn't mean you're not included, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and love, every one of you, and the love every one of you has for each other is increasing. One more, 2 Peter 3, 17 and 18. Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Maybe growing is an important concept in the New Testament. Maybe it is. 
Over and over and over, we are admonished, we're instructed, we're commanded to grow. We are not built to be stagnant. We are not built to be lethargic. We are not built to just, just kind of wait for things to happen. I believe that we are designed and wired to move forward. To, to be forward-thinking, to, to be people of action, to make things happen, to be creative, to be inventors, to be prosperous, to, to uh, not just wait for something to happen to us, but if something gets in our way, move it and make something happen. God is not interested in just seeing us just, just be couch potatoes. He's interested in us being faithful. Right now, I am in the muscle business. I help people uh, have healthy musculature, neuromuscular systems in their body. And I have this little saying. It's, it's, it's this. We don't get old because we stop. We don't stop moving because we get old. We get old because we stop moving. My mom is 87 years old. And she is the most moving human being you've ever seen on the planet. She is so healthy. She just does so much. She drives cancer patients to their chemo appointments. She goes shopping for people that are shut-ins. She takes middle schoolers on bird-watching trips. She does, I mean, she does so much. She keeps moving every day. She just moves. And in, in my world, seeing people and their bodies and how they, what do you do during the day? Uh, I, I, you know, I sit for a living. I, I sit. Well, I can tell. I have another little saying. Motion is lotion. When you move, when you move, your joints are lubricated. But if you just are lethargic and you sit, then they say sitting is the new smoking. Have you heard that saying? Yeah. There's a commercial on TV, shows a chair, and it shows a bunch of stuff on it. Packs cigarettes and booze, some pills and all that kind of stuff. And it says, one of these things will destroy you more than anything else. It's the chair. They start taking everything off of the chair, and pretty soon it's just the chair. Seriously, if you just sit every day, pretty soon you, you will die. So motion is lotion. We don't get old because we stop moving. We, no, we don't stop moving because we get old. We get old because we stop moving. Do you all, are you all picking up on a spiritual application in this? Just move. Just grow. Just grow in your faith. Just a little bit. Just do something. Just, uh, just, just do it. So the same thing here applies to our spiritual life, how we do our spiritual life. And it's important because I don't think God wants to see a, a spiritual being in every one of us that is gaunt and frail and dilapidated and just, just like gullum. You know, he wants to see people that are alive. You know, he wants to see people that are that are that are doing the way that we are intended to, to do. Amen? Yeah. So the goal, so I really, I really love this overflow theme idea that we're doing as a church. Because overflow, over, just, just think about the word, what it is, right? You have, you know, you have, you have a cup or a vessel a bucket, whatever. And, you know, when you're, when you're pouring into it, um, once it's full, you know, the hose doesn't know to turn off and stop. It just overflows, right? And so the, the big idea to shine this year is, to, is for all of us to, to maybe go from that gaunt, frail, dilapidated, lethargic place, and I'm not saying that you're all that, but, but maybe sometimes our spiritual man can, can become thin, weak. And maybe, maybe we don't have the, like, 
the stuff inside of us to, to propel us through a difficult situation. And rather than overcoming and being victorious in that situation, that situation, you know, gets the best of us. And then we retreat and we're, we're even worse. So I have, this, I have this idea, and this is not in my notes, so I want, but I want to share it. Being physically hungry is antithetically opposite to being spiritually hungry. When you're, when you're physically hungry, I'm hungry, I know, I'm hungry. I w- will eat and then be satiated, right? I will, I will be full, I'll be fine. If I'm, if I'm hungry, I eat, I'm fine. Spiritual hunger is exactly the opposite. Exactly the opposite. When you feed yourself spiritually, it's so interesting. You end up being hungry for more. If you don't feed yourself spiritually, rather than being hungry, you just get blah. Do you guys, do you follow that? So we can be spiritual beings. Oh, no. We are spiritual beings, and, but you don't, you don't necessarily have to feed it. You'll, you'll live, you'll survive. But when you feed spiritual hunger, you're not, you, you aren't satisfied. You want more. You taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen? Okay, back to my notes. The goal for this service, for you tonight, and for others in the future, is to encourage you and challenge you to to take next steps forward, to do some things that will help you be hungry for Jesus. Because we want you to grow. We want you to stretch. We want you to be risk takers in the Lord and do some stuff. Just totally out of the realm of maybe what you've ever done before. You know, why is it called a daily walk? Because it has to be daily. Daily we're told to take up our cross. Daily we're told to forgive. Daily we're told, daily Every day. Jesus, Jesus says daily. He didn't say weekly. So don't just come to church. So have, ever, have you ever, so have you ever had a word of the year? Has anybody ever done? Let me see your, let me see your hands if you've ever had a word of the year. Okay. So here's, here's this idea that I want to propose tonight to you all. A word of the year is leaning into what the Lord is doing in your life. Finding an area of your life maybe that, 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 that you want to grow in. Or maybe the Lord will give you something that's just out in left field and you're, and, and you're praying and you get a word or an idea and you're just like, that does not make any sense. I've had this happen. It's like, what in the world does that word mean? And then as the year goes on, as I'm praying, as I'm reading the word, as I'm listening to songs, as I'm listening to people, all of a sudden the word makes complete sense. In the past, uh, I had the word build. And I didn't, I didn't really know what that was. And then as time went on, we ended up moving out of unit 103 into 101 and 102, and we had to do this remodeling project, and I was like, oh, okay. This, this makes sense. Another year, I had the word bring. Bring. It's like, that doesn't sound very spiritual. But as time went on, he revealed to me what that was in my life. So, 
The challenge for all of you, if you haven't already done this, is to take some time and come up with a word of the year for you, for yourself. An idea that can orient your spiritual compass for your life for this year. So I'm going to give you some practical steps on how to make this happen. Okay, tonight is a very practical church service, okay? You're not going to go out of here all like floating on the Holy Ghost or anything like Justin last week. It's going to be, it's, it's just a little bit, just a little bit different. Okay, number one, your word of the year might be a goal, might be goal or purpose oriented. All right, and here's some examples. It could be faith, it could be purpose. It could be embrace, it could be bold, unlimited, thrive, able. Those are words that are purpose-oriented, goal-oriented. And these are just some examples. And you know what? If you end up saying, you know, I, man, I just really like that unlimited word. I want to make that a part of, a part of, of my soul this, this year. And it, and it could be. And that's, and that's totally awesome. Number two, what did you learn about yourself this year? Or so 2023 maybe. Is there something that you need to do less or maybe to do more? So in this muscle world that I'm in, um, there's a guy. He's like, Mark, I just drink way too much. I just, you know, I'm a Christian, but I've just allowed, I've just allowed drinking just to be too much in my life. And, and so... I want, I want to reduce that. I said, great, that's awesome. What's your plan? How are you going to do that? It's one thing to just say it. It's another thing to do it. And there's this whole list. I, I, I Googled it. And um, it's like the percentages of like how many people start a, a, a resolution at the beginning of the year. And then... Seven days in, how many people have already dropped it? They've stopped doing it. You know, 21 days in, whatever, whatever. And then the percentages of people that succeed when they write it down, when you actually write down what you're doing. And then the odds of doing better go up if you have a little bit of a plan to go with it. And it doesn't have to be that elaborate. You know, just have a just have a just have a plan. So what do you what do you want to do less or what do you want to do more? Now, obviously, most all of these words are all like what you want to do more of. You want to have more rest. You want to have more grace. You want to have more self-care. Well, self-care, that's a huge word right there, right? You want to be more whole. You want to be simplified. You want to be intentional. You want to be slow. You know, like what happened? Maybe just think through a little bit. Like what happened in 2023? that I would like to do differently in 2024? What are, what are some things? Maybe, you know, how do you, how do you, what is a goal that you can have out there? What is a purpose? What is, what is something that you can do that will help you be more Christ-like? Because that's the goal. That's why we, we do what we do, is to be, to be more Christ-like. Third one. Choose a theme scripture to go with your word. Okay? So, Find your word, find your idea, and then you have, you, you have the one. I mean, there's how many, I don't, I don't know the statistic. I don't know how many scriptures there are in the Bible. I mean, I don't know that number. Did you know it once? Yeah, I don't remember. It's got to be in the hundreds of thousands. Somebody Google it real quick, okay? And then, and then, um, and then just, just shout it out when you get to it. So find the theme scripture that goes with your word. Maybe the word's in it. Maybe the word is in that theme scripture, or maybe it's not. Maybe the idea is there. Maybe it's something. 31,102. 31, okay, you have a lot to choose from, all right? 31,000, all right? So find a theme scripture that goes with your word. Number four, read your Bible. Okay, and find your word in stories. Find your idea in stories. Find your idea in the letters, right? The epistles. Um, 
that will bring your word to life. Find it, find it in there. Just as you're reading, you know, you're reading Nehemiah, you're reading, you know, you're reading Exodus, you're reading, you know, Genesis. What did she read? Like, she didn't say the, the address, but it, it was from the flood story, right? The, the, the fountains come up from the earth. What's that? Genesis 6, right? So maybe your word might show up there. Maybe it's, maybe your word is fountain. I don't know. Who knows? Number five. Use your word in your prayers. Okay, so, so, so ask the Lord, okay, Father, you gave me this word bring. I don't know what that means. You know, what am I supposed to do with this? And then when he starts bringing things to you, then you can be like, oh, yeah. And it just, I don't know, it just makes... It just makes the faith walk so much more invigorating because you ha- it's yours. It's your word. I remember in years past, we would, we would put all the words on, on a wall. We didn't know whose they were, but we would, we would put them on cards and we'd have them on the wall. You guys remember that? Of course they do. Adam and Rose are amazing. And you know what? I would have fun. I would have fun. I'd make sentences out of the words when nobody was looking. Like, I'd, I'd arrange them so they would, you know, say, you know, different things. Some were silly and some were, were like, very powerful. Bless me. A big, big way. All right, number six. Start developing spiritual habits. Okay? You can, you can maybe your word will be a part of a, of, of a spiritual habit. Now, most of these are two, two words. Some of them are. Okay? A good spiritual, uh, you might have the word submit. Okay, how do, you, how do you turn that into a spiritual habit? Okay, well watered. Love that from earlier. Okay, Jesus first. Fellowship, surrender, devotion, dig deeper, connected, living water. Like well watered. Huh, why did I do that? Daily bread, who knows? Um, um, so remember earlier when I said, you know, sometimes pastors, people in the, up here, they, they have to, they kind of say things to encourage you all. It's not to be prideful. It's not to say, well, look at me. I'm, you know, holier than thou. Look what I do. Um, I'm going to tell you what mine is, okay? And uh, again, it's not, it's not to be prideful. <laughs> in fact, it's a little bit, uh, humiliating. No, that's not the right word. It's humbling. It's humbling. Yeah, mine's actually four words, okay? And uh, they're all very short words. Mine is, it's not about me. So you remember, um, you remember point two? What did you learn last year? What happened to you last year that you can do in the next year? So I had some just really crappy stuff. Am I allowed to say that word? I had some really bad stuff uh, happen to me in 2023. And, and I... I, I want to be more humble. I, I, I just do. And, and so, so I'm looking at life through the lens of it's not about me. All right, here's some things you need to remember. Some key things. All right. I realize I just wrecked this one right here. I realize the first one, okay? Your word of the year phrase is personal to you, all right? It's personal. You don't have to share it with anybody. Now, 
as we talked earlier, sometimes it is good to share it with somebody because it can create accountability. Right? No. It's between you and God. You don't have to share it with others. Or if you choose to, oh, I just said that. Okay. Um, you don't have to do this on January 1st. Do it on February 1st. Okay? Do it tonight. Do it tomorrow. But I implore you, please, take some time and do this. Okay? Take some time and do this. Uh, next slide. Uh, have fun doing this. Okay? It's to motivate and encourage you to focus on what is essential in this season of life. If I'd had the word build before, right, you know, if I just grabbed that one right now, I don't think that would have worked for me right now. So your word needs to be where you're at today. Does that make sense? Um, what else? Oh, yeah, you can change it if you want. Yeah. Like, no, I don't like that one. I want another one. You know, maybe your word is like, maybe your word is, uh, what would be like a really like uh, word? Like, um, maybe your word is discipline. You know, discipline's a great word. But maybe you end up being disciplined all the time by your boss, by your whoever, your parents, you know, if you're a little kid. You know, you're just like, ah, I'm sick of being dis disciplined. I'm going to change it, you know, because you, you know, or, or have you ever heard that old stupid thing? It's like when you pray for patience, you get tested in patience. Yeah, kind of like that, right? Yeah. Okay, I don't want patience anymore. I'm kind of sick of that. Um, yeah, so when I, in, in 2020, I wrote this down. I did do that. I had a word, and then it, and then it changed. So that's okay. This isn't like a 365-day contract that you have with God. No, it's not like that. Okay? You encouraged by that? I am. I am. Because maybe, maybe you just had, you know, an amazing meal one night, and you're just like in a food coma, and you're like, oh, I want my word to be, you know, and just whatever it ends up being. And so... All right. Does anybody have any questions? You do. Six steps on a one slide. Can you have the six steps on a one slide? Because I want to write them down. Because it's on the QR code, right? Yeah. It's, not. it's not. Where is it? They can find it, though, right? Yeah. Scan the QR code, and the Bible notes. And Scan the QR code in That's front right. of you, and the Bible notes are. Go to, you can go to the Bible app. Bible and then app. make sure you hit save on the notes, and you'll, it'll stay in there for you for as right. long as you want it. Yeah. Yes, Adam Pacheco. <laughs> hey, guys. Um, so just as you were talking, it just made me think of, of, of something I saw the other day. And it was, uh, it was a lady, and she was, it was a podcast or something, and she was talking about, um, she asked the question, how many red cars did you see today? And the guy was like, I couldn't tell you. Like, you know, like he, he couldn't say a number. Uh, and I she know said, where you're going. Yeah. She said, if I offered to pay you $50 per red car, would you start seeing red cars? And, and, it, and it just like, it just flipped something in my understanding. And it was just like, it, it's the same thing that he's talking about. It's if, if you ask the Lord to highlight a word for you, you're going to, he's going to, He's just going to highlight it in different different spots. He's going to yeah, he's going to show you. And it's just like you're saying it's just it's just asking for the Lord to reveal himself in something as simple as picking a word. Yeah. So, that's right. See why I love that guy so much right there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, anybody else have any questions right here, Gwen? I don't have a question. I have a comment. Uh, one thing We don't yeah. allow comments. Oh, well, I just want to say something <laughs> so, because ahead. one of the things part of that you can do is look at your name. 
because the most powerful name, there's power in our names. Oh, that's true. And so look at the, what our Hebrew meaning is. I looked that up, my name means victory. So every time I see the phrase that there's victory this year, that's I'm right. like, this is my year of victory. So. Uh, amen. Yeah, Nicole comes from Nike, the god Nike shoes, right? That's victory. That's what your name comes from. That's right. All right. Anybody else? All right, you going to do the assignment? Are you going to do this? Are you encouraged? You're encouraged to allow the Lord to work you in you, and maybe, maybe this is the first time you've ever done anything like this. Man, bravo. Bravo. But if you're on the other side of this, you, Mark, come on. I've done this 48 times for 48 years. All right. I'm kind of, I was hoping to take a break. That's getting lethargic. All right, let me, let me pray for us, and then you can go eat toast. All right. Uh, Father, thank you so much that you love us so much. Uh, not to just let us stay the way we're at, <laughs> but instead you want us to grow. You want us to grow. Healthy things grow. And so, Father, I pray that we would all be well-watered, uh, living beings who are getting bigger, getting stronger, getting more, building our faith, building kingdom ideas in us. Father, we don't want to be gaunt, frail, emaciated, pathetic beings. We want to be, we want to be energized, and we want to be forward-thinking. So, as we walk out of here tonight, Lord, I pray that we would take some time to hear from you and really be intentional about this. Yeah, it's not, we don't grow by pixie dust. We, we grow by, by doing. And so I ask, Lord, that you would speak to every person here. That word, that concept, that idea, that, that, you know, whatever it might be, purpose or goal, us individually for 2024 because we we do we want we want to we want to have a life of overflow and we don't want to have a dry bucket life <laughs> thank you for this family thank you for this crowd thank you for these people lord in jesus name i pray amen